Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast is honestly kind of a hodgepodge of topics that are either on my mind or that I've heard from listeners about. And the one that I want to address today is the link between what we eat and our mental health. Something I've been noticing in my own life and in a lot of the folks I talk to is that there's a mental health component to this pandemic. A lot of us are feeling anxious or depressed or veering back and forth between those two states. And there's so many things we can do to support our mental health that aren't your typical take meds or even see a therapist. Although, of course, those are great things to do. There's a time and a place for everything. But they aren't the only tools we have. And one of those tools that most people don't consider to be related to mental health is nutrition. That's why today I'm interviewing my go-to nutrition expert, Mary Sheila Ganella, a.k.a. the queen of all things nutrition. Mary Sheila is the owner of Occidental Nutrition in Occidental, California, and not only does she know her stuff, but her food is so delicious. Every time I get one of her newsletters, I make the recipes she suggests, and it makes my taste buds and my being so, so happy. That's why I'm so psyched to have her here today. Mary Sheila, great to have you on as ever. Thank you so much for having me. I love being a guest here. (laughs) (laughs) You are always welcome. So let's just dive right into it. How does what we eat affect our mood and brain health? Help us connect those dots. Yeah, well, honestly, one of the things I love to say about food is that food is information and it is information that is going to interact with our biochemistry once it goes in. And you can take that from all the way from the macros of our proteins, carbs, and fats, and then all the way to our micronutrients, which is all the vitamins and minerals and polyphenols and all those sort of big long words that we've been seeing more uh, that we know we get from food that are sometimes in supplement form. There's just the little tiny things that can pack a big punch when it comes to the foods that we're eating. For example, if let's say I eat something that's got a bunch of sugar and we know that sugar can create inflammation in the body. Now, we could hear the fact that, oh, that causes inflammation, but what does that really mean? How is that interacting in our body? Well, inflammation, if it's there, it's going to circulate throughout the whole body. And you know, most of the food that we eat goes into the digestive tract. And then once it's absorbed and assimilated, it travels through our bloodstream. And our bloodstream goes everywhere. 
And one of the places it does go is into the brain because, of course, the brain needs the nourishment from the food we're eating and the oxygen from our, from our respiration and our red blood cells. So that inflammation could go into the brain and inflammation in the brain is also a big contributor to depression and or anxiety. So that sugar is going to set off a cascade that could affect our mental health in a inflammatory slash depressive, anxious way or stressful way to the body. Where the same thing is, if I eat something that has a lot of maybe polyphenols and different things that are very protective to the plant in its whole food form, those little micronutrients are going to interact with our, maybe with our microbiome within the gut and with some of our other parts of the body. And those might have a positive effect. So absolutely what we eat, how we eat, when we eat, like it's kind of the whole picture is going to interact with our mental health in in a really big way because of the fact that it's going to circulate throughout the entire body. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's hearing you talk about eating sugar and inflaming the brain and the link between that and anxiety and depression and thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> because I know. It's, it's something that we that we reach for. You know, I think about my mom, bless her heart. She she had she called me over. She was like, "Honey, I bought two pints of Ben and Jerry's chocolate therapy because they were on sale. Will you please come pick one of these up?" You know, it be Okay, wait. Is it really called chocolate it's therapy? It's really called chocolate therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Which just kind of goes to show you there's this link like on the individual level but also in the culture of if you're sad, you know, prop yourself up, make yourself happy, have a cookie, have a brownie, what have you. And that can actually be just perpetuating and continuating. It's continuating a word. The very problem that you're seeking to solve. And also you were talking about the microbiome and how, you know, the chemicals and like the fiber and the polyphenols and whatnot can support our the bacterial population in our gut. And I learned recently that the microbiome is also like those little friendly gut bugs are making our neurotransmitters. They're making our serotonin. Am, am Right? Is that true? Yes. So it is true. And the health of the microbiome will determine like our ability to make those things. So one of the things that I do in my practice when I work with people is I do something called amino acid therapy. And that is basically using amino acids, which are the building blocks of proteins to actually support, they're like the building blocks of our neurotransmitters. So you can take them to help create healthy levels of neurotransmitters, which will help us to feel good. So we've got our inhibitory neurotransmitters, which is serotonin and GABA, which really just help us to calm, relax, feel just more at ease, satisfied, even just self-esteem is a word I like to use with that. And then we have our neurotransmitters that are a little more excitatory. They help to give us energy and focus. And so serotonin, right, is we think of it as making in the brain. We actually make 99% of it in the gut and 1% in the brain, which is kind of mind-blowing. And yes, a healthy microbiome, a healthy gut 
is really going to determine the levels that we have in the body, which is kind of an amazing way to think about that. Right. It is. And it's it's cool to think that if we give ourselves the things that we need and our bacterial population need, then we can, we can have the neurotransmitters that we need and then our mental health is in a better place. And then we don't aren't necessarily going to feel like we need the sugar, which is it's either a downward spiral or an upward spiral. So I think that this is really cool and really exciting. So I would love to start to make it practical. So when you're noticing that either you or your clients are reporting or feeling anxious or stressed or depressed, you know, what kinds of foods do you tell them to eat or what do you prepare for yourself? And, you know, you mentioned that it's not just what you eat, but it's also how you eat and when you eat. So feel free to add all those details into. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that can happen when we are stressed and it is prolonged, like the beginning of a stressful event might raise our blood sugar, or I'm sorry, will raise our blood pressure because we are kind of in that fight or flight stage. But if it becomes chronic, which, you know, hello, mm -hmm. it's feeling chronic at this point for most of us, mm -hmm. we lose the, the signaling is not working as well. We become a little more resistant to some of the, the chemicals that will raise our blood pressure. And when we become resistant, that means we're going to start urinating out more minerals instead of holding on to things. So chronic long-term stress oftentimes will affect the adrenal glands and will make people maybe have low blood pressure and feel a little more tired and feel more dehydrated, feel like water goes right through them and crave salt. So there's this idea that, okay, I'm not eating sugar. Oh, I don't really crave sugar, but maybe you're eating chips and crackers and things like that that are still going to turn into sugar instantly in the body, but they're just coming in a salty form. There is a true need for healthy salts. But what we also want to include with those salt is we want to keep our salt intake when we are eating something kind of salty, low carb, some really wonderful snacks and foods that are going to support and kind of boost blood pressure and blood flow and get things kind of moving is going to be things like maybe olives and you know maybe even seaweed if you like seaweed or broth or miso or nuts and seeds one of my favorite little snacks like in the afternoon that's sort of when our defenses become low we start craving either the cookies we quote unquote bought for the kids or the chips or whatever's in the in the fr in the cupboard what if we took out a little plate and threw you know three to five olives and a handful of nuts and seeds maybe even some little ferments like some pickles to really directly feed the microbiome and maybe some other kind of proteins some smoked salmon or whatever or some other vegetables like and have this savory little snack that is not only going to be filling and nourishing because it's not just a bunch of carbs, but there's fats and proteins and fiber, but it's also going to, that salt content is going to kind of help boost the energy in the body because we're going to be getting electrolytes and electrolytes are what we will lose a lot of if we're urinating a little bit more, but they're also, they're like the spark plug of all of our enzymatic and chemical reactions in the body. 
So they really assist us in energy production. So we might feel a little more energized after a snack like that than we would if we had, again, like that bag of chips or that those few cookies. Love it. So I just love kind of thinking savory, maybe salty too, right? To taste and proteins and fats to be included there. Fantastic. I think that sounds like a really yummy afternoon snack. I can't wait to try it this afternoon. I have some olives that I bought that actually have a little bit of um, maybe like provolone, some kind of a salty cheese inside there. I got it at the uh, antipasto bar. Anyway, so I'm going to try those this afternoon. But I also love, so that's great for, that's not anything you need to put together, right? (laughs) You don't have to cook it. You just have to have the things on hand. You have to have the nuts. You have to have the olives, maybe some red pepper strips. My kids love that roasted seaweed. And it's actually quite tasty. If you haven't tried it, give it a go. It's so full of micronutrients. It's like a wonderful thing to have on hand, especially when you are craving something kind of salty and a little bit crunchy. But is there something... I always love your recipes. Like you get me in the kitchen and I'm making something that I haven't made before and I'm always delighted with how tasty it is. Do you have like a really simple recipe you could share with us that's we can maybe think of it as our like happy food? <laughs> yeah. So if I want to keep it really simple and and let you tap into your own, you know, recipe recipe repertoire, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than you have to make something of mine. I bet we all have a like a stew kind of comfort food that is something that we can whip out, right? So if you're a vegetarian, maybe you make a mean chili or some kind of bean dish or maybe even like a tempeh kind of something, right? That's just wet and savory and delicious. If you are more of an omnivore, maybe you've got like a, a beautiful beef stew or a chicken stew where the meat, the protein is braised. It just means it's kind of falling off the bone and the flavor is all melded together. It's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, it's even better the next day mm-hmm. because everything just merges together. And it it maybe just feels so comforting and so nourishing. That is really what I would say is probably the best Like if you can make the best kind of healthiest comfort food recipe that you know of, that you have, maybe it was passed down through your generations. That to me is the best way to nourish because the thing is, is you're nourishing on a, an emotional level. Like maybe it did get passed down from a family member or a friend and you're like, oh, I have memories of this being eating this with them here or there, or when I was little, we used to eat it with these little, whatever, you know, whatever was like the little side with it. And you can do that too. But it just is so it's going to feed you emotionally, which is so important, right? Because that is, that's a big part of our, our connection to food. And, you know, sometimes that emotional connection to food can be a not a great one and not a healthy one. And, and sometimes it can be a really loving nourishing one, but it's also going to give you that really substantial protein that is going to just really help settle you and ground you. And that is what, what protein does. So kind of taking a full circle and talking about the neurotransmitters is literally when you eat protein. So here's just one way to imagine it. When you eat protein, imagine protein 
amino acids, which is what protein is made of, is like a, it's like a pearl necklace. And what we're going to do to that pearl necklace during digestion is we're going to break it down to single individual pearls. Once they're single individual pearls, they're going to leave the digestive tract and they're going to go to the liver. Your liver is your factory. That factory is going to then take each amino acid individually and bring them back together in new formations that are us. And one of the formations that they're going to create are our neurotransmitters. And those neurotransmitters then are going to, once they're made, so let's say they say, I'm making the serotonin, I'm making the GABA, I'm making endorphins, I'm making you know catecholamines, whatever they're making, they're going to then say, okay, great, we've got one made, now we're going to put it on the assembly line and send it back through the bloodstream. It's going to travel through the bloodstream. It's going to be able to cross the blood-brain barrier. And guess what? It's going to help us to feel better. So we have to have those building blocks. So I just want to say, like, instead of giving a specific recipe that maybe is complicated, like pull out your comfort stew and just do it. Amen. All right. I'm making red lentil soup for dinner tonight then. Thank you for the inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So for folks who want to know more or want to connect with you, where can they find you? I am at Occidental Nutrition. That's my my website. Occidental is the little town that I live on on the in the Northern California Redwood Mountains. And I also have a YouTube channel so you can you can cook with me. I do a lot of cooking in my kitchen there. So it's, that's also called Occidental Nutrition. So that's those are great ways to find me. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being here today, Mary Sheila. Thank you so much for having me, as usual. Hi, this is Kate. Back to you with a tiny assignment. I loved Mary Sheila's recommendation to, first of all, have a nice savory mid-afternoon snack instead of reaching for the cookies or the chips, which I admit I have been reaching for lately. And put together yourself a little kind of antipasto plate almost with olives and, and nuts and maybe some red pepper strips. So just take a minute and think about What kinds of stuff could you pull together from your fridge to reach for this afternoon that's going to support your mental health rather than contribute to perhaps a source of mental health dysregulation like inflammation or not feeding your microbiome? And as I mentioned, Mary Sheila inspired me to make the red lentil soup that my family has been eating ever since my daughter was a baby and some friends brought it over. It's one of my favorite recipes. Everybody likes it. I've even got some homemade stock in the fridge that's waiting for me to make some soup. So if you're interested in getting that recipe, reach out to me. Go to BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Use the contact Kate form and say, hey, Kate, send me that red lentil soup recipe. I'm telling you, it is so good and super easy too. All right, take care and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. 
Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 